Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Top of the hour on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. 9 o'clock means we're on KFOR in Lincoln, still on 590 ESPN Radio in town. We're live on Twitter, live on YouTube. There are plenty of games left for the Cardinals, by the way. They have to go 28 and 25. Yep. 28 and 25. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, 53 games left. Mm -hmm. I mean, we already saw our next guest move away from his Oakland days and start repping the Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) That was great. That's a great ad. (laughs) Simple and clean. Let's welcome in Michael Brunts now, senior writer for Husker 24-7. Bruntsy, good morning. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Bruntsy, that, that was a fantastic hat, man. I, I, I applaud you. Thank you. There, there, there's no, no allegiance shift. I, I just have long appreciated. You appreciate teams with a ballpark? Yeah, well, teams at the ballpark and teams that win games. Um, but, but no, the, the, the tri-color hat, I, there's no better look in baseball, in my opinion, than the, uh, the three colors on the hat. So I, I like the Orioles hat, but I was, still, I was still checking in on the Dodgers and A's last night. Don't, don't, uh, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Forgive way, me. The, uh, the, the A's are coming, coming to uh, St. Louis in a couple weeks for uh, bringing the road trip to St. Louis. The, the summer of sell. So they've only been outscored 17-4 to four in the first two, Bruncey, so I'm expecting big things tonight at 9-10. Mm-hmm. Were you sweating a little bit, though, in the opener? I was. It got to 4-3, and that, that would have really hurt. <laughs> uh, a loss there hurts the Dodgers come tournament time. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty slow start, but, hey, man, I just uh, – <laughs> Just win, Bruncey. Just win. And as a matter of fact, when they, when the Dodgers got four in the whatever it was, the third or the fourth, right? I was like, oh, we're on uh, cruise control. No, no. The don't quit ace come so back fast. in the sixth and seventh. But that's okay. Yeah, you, you you got to get them like they're they're uh, you know like an FCS team playing in that first game. You don't let them hang around because then you, you get the tension in the building. Everybody knows you should be beating them like a drum. So I'm, I'm glad the Dodgers pulled it out. Hey, how would you like to be the, the, the New York Mets right now? Just getting handled by the Royals, the Twins. It's like, talk about waving the white flag. And then Scherzer comes out and he says, yeah, they just couldn't commit that they'd be all in in 2024. Didn't a lot of people like the Mets in 2023, Bruncey? I, I I thought we always liked that to spend money, right? Like it's it's uh yeah that would be hard. Like I I, I think that would be worse than my situation because at least now you kind of know the score, right? You're not spending money. They're jacking ticket prices to keep everybody away. Everybody hates the ownership. Uh, but like you've got the Mets over there just spending money hand over fist and just absolutely nothing to show for it but dysfunction. I mean it's it's incredible. Hmm. When you're talking about, I, I was joking with Andrew. I didn't. I'm always worried about monopolizing your guys' time. I mean, because there's like 80 percent of you that I think I like more than you guys like me. So you only have a limited amount of time at practice. You're not really trying to waste that talking to me, are you? Uh, no, I, I don't mind. I, are you and, just and saying I that? I don't. I don't 
I don't like the characterization that, that somehow I, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably tell me, too, so I know I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that guy's kind of a douche. <laughs> Brunty, do you find benefit in conversations, like just talking with DB sometimes to have somebody to talk to? Like if you're watching plays happen in front of you, and even if it's small talk beforehand, you can just quickly turn it on to practice mode? Uh, yeah. I, I, well, you're a lone ranger, oh, yeah. Bruncey. You don't – you're your own dude there. Well, I, I got things to see. I see? don't really know what I'm looking at, but see? I, I got to see. And that's why he's talking um, to you. No, I can't help him. Well, Damon was on a visit. I was, I was a little I, – I, I wanted to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're coming up to him, and he's like, no, no, hey, no, how, go back. How – I don't know if cool is the word, unique, were you like, oh, this is good. That you do you like the split practices with the uh, older younger guys? Uh, I I think in, it's a good idea. I mean, personally, I would like to have the the younger guys out there to see them in practice because that was the one we you know one look we got at practice this week. But oh no, yeah, I mean, that's it, right. It, it makes sense. Um, they should I let mean, you come back for another thirty for the young group. Yeah. Well, that would have been nice. That would have been a nice gesture. Um, but, no, I, I think I go back to something that Matt Rule said in Indianapolis where he, he was talking about, I, I think the question was something like, what would you deem success of fall camp? And he, his answer, I think, makes sense in the context of the way they're doing practice right now. He said that he wants the guys that they choose to help them against Minnesota to be the same guys yep. that they – yeah, they're that are helping them against Michigan. Hey, week week, week, one, week one versus week five. Yep. And and I think the way that you do that is you get a, as many looks at guys as you can. I mean, I, I just think that's where th- this team and this roster is right now. Is you know you got a hundred and hundred and twenty guys in camp. You got a hundred and thirty eight on the roster. I mean, you, you need to know whether or not a guy's going to help you or not. And if you, you're not giving guys reps, I mean, it, it's just all projection at that point and guessing, right? So I think splitting it smart, I think it also keeps, it, it keeps the freshmen engaged. It keeps the young guys engaged. And I, I think that's, that's really important, too, with the new staff is, is, you know, saying to those guys that are a little bit further on the depth chart of the third team, like, look, you at least have a chance to – to move up here or or at least uh, show something. So it's smart, I think, especially in the first week of fall camp when you're, you know, you're not even in pads anyways, but um, you're just getting an idea of kind of what you got um, coming out of the summer. Bruncey, as you search for this so-called help with these young guys, what position group do you think needs a fall emerger to make a significant impact throughout the season? Wide receiver. (laughs) I mean, I, it's amazing. Hey, I I know, hey, the hey, last hesitate. two months, everybody's down on wide receivers. I, I didn't know, I, Brunson. I didn't know why people were high on it to begin with. And I'm not saying it it couldn't be good. It, just no productivity. Who's your Who's your top six right now? Uh, receiver in Minnesota right now. So yeah, Fedoni's gonna flex. So I'm gonna throw him in there. Bets. Cheating, though. That's cheating. Okay, okay, okay. Just okay. Just just wide receivers. Bets. Kemp. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Billy Kemp. Bets. Marcus Washington. Uh. Castaneda. Oh yeah. I IGC. And after that, it's uh-huh. crap. It's crapshoot. Yeah. Right. Like you're, to- total, right now, you're total crapshoot. 
But I don't think I could pick 16 starters on out of the 22. I don't know if I no. could pick. Can you pick seven defensive starters? Eight. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, we were it's... talking. We were talking about this on our podcast yesterday, and it it's still the the defense and where guys fit and who's mm-hmm. where. It's he said no. I feel like you would get most of your success on the line versus. I, I don't else. even know about. I can't even like, pick five offensive linemen, let alone I, I three mean, D I mean, line. Oh, you could probably pick the three defensive linemen. I don't know. I mean, if you just went with just let's go with veterans here, you could pick the three. I could give you Ty Robinson. You could put Blaze in there too. Gunnerson? Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. No. Nope. I'd feel fine with him. Nope. Because, you know, he's got to still grow a little bit, and he's still a second-level guy. It's hard. Oh, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's, it's hard, man. And it's so the, competitive. The what about Nash? Well, I mean, they say good things. He still can't play at 45 degrees yet. You know, he's a burst guy. They got to – there's a lot, Bruncey. I'm, even, I'm trying to sort through this in my head. I can't get it right. The, the, the wide receiver spot more than any. I, I ask people that same question. Like, if you had the – if you had to give me your top six right now for the start of the season, it, it, exactly what just happened happens where <laughs> you get to you get to about four and then everybody starts mumbling a little bit or changing the subject. Love, so, love, 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 love. Yeah, love, love, I mean, love, love. so to, to your original question, I mean that that you needed multiple young guys to step up. I think. I mean, you know, we've we've seen it in Nebraska before when. You don't have wide receiver depth. How quickly that can kind of thin out as you get through fall camp. I mean, it was, that was there was that one fall camp. That's how Stanley Morgan got on the field. Was it was just uh, oh, when they had like four healthy bodies out of nineteen. Do you remember that? He's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for Stanley, but I mean that that's the challenge. So yeah, I mean, you, you've got to have somebody, some buddies, uh, multiple uh, step up and, and be ready at that spot. I think. Bronx, let me ask you something, and this is. Primarily because I've, I've admitted you're super smart. So I'm going by delivery here. And you can disagree and say, no, I read it like this or whatever. This is just open dialogue. So we've had kind of four real departures, right? We had Wager's firing or resignation. Uh, Miles Farmer not being here. Fleeks um, getting sent back home. And this wasn't a dismissal, but it flew under the radar about Brody Tagovailoa. And I'm not saying Coach Rule was dismissive. It just wasn't like I'm going by the del- – it's like, okay, he's hurt. It's going to hurt. hurt. He's going to be a good player. I felt like in his delivery of all that information, he was kind of indifferent about Wager. This is my read. He was disappointed in Farmer. He was kind of matter-of-fact – about Brody and Fleeks. Of those four scenarios and how he handled the, the bad news, which one is most indicative of how tight a ship he's running of this program? Um, I would say probably Wager. Because of the zero tolerance? No... Well, for a couple of reasons. Okay. I mean, I. That's why I, I asked think, you. No. I think. I think part. I think part of it is. Maybe it's just the timing of it, but there's very much like a. This happened. They got the press release out. 
it was this guy's gone, this guy's in, and the, the bus the bus is, is leaving the stop. Like we we we've addressed it and we're moving on. Right? Uh-huh. Like and I think I think you're able to do that because of the way that they hire staff. I mean if you if you look at their off field people that they have on their in their group right now, mm-hmm. if if let's say you had to quickly replace somebody at another spot, there's somebody waiting in the wings. I mean, it, it's, it's, there's a little bit of a farm system, if you will, going on in, in the analyst group. And I think that's by design. I mean, that, that's, that's how they run things. And I think that's more indicative of the, the type of attention to detail and the way that they set things up because, you know, they, they know that guys are going to have opportunities down the road at other places, whether it's, you know, a coordinator job or, or whatever, and they've got that next person ready to go. I mean, they, they, they had an analyst who has multiple Power 5 uh, stops and coaching experience just kind of ready to go. I mean, that, that, that to me is more kind of how you connect it to the big picture of the way that Matt Rule does things. It's, um, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it's just interesting because he's – dismissive is too strong of a word but in all of those categories he's like okay next man up and yeah. and so like what i try to describe what makes him captivating is i he's i said he's the guy that's always willing to push away from the table or walk away yet you still somehow genuinely know he cares yeah does that does that make sense yeah, I mean, well, and even in those situations, like like in the Fleek situation, I mean, my my read on that is that he's disappointed, but at the same time, like, you know, it, that's still his guy. He's still loyal. He left the door open that you know if, if you know he's able to get the weight off and you know do the trash bag work and, and run laps and cut the weight. Yeah, I mean, he can come back. I mean, that that there's kind of a a delicate thing there that, that he's kind of able to thread that needle. I mean, it, it, it's like Danny Kalen's recruitment too. I mean, he played that perfectly in, in what was probably yeah. socially a pretty tough spot. I yeah. mean, I, I think he just has a really good, he's got a good feel for that stuff and kind of how to, how to, you know, really, it, it's hard to explain, <laughs> but, but he's just good at, at things like that that most people would look at and be like, wow, that, that's kind of a tough situation. How you handle that? But he does it with, uh, with great. I, I, I was saying to uh, Ravi and Andrew a couple of weeks ago, I think it has a lot to do with – because people – so now, you know, you're, in, in, you're out on the, a bigger scene and people are like, oh, you know, he doesn't miss or he's always looking for the next, um, you know, like popular deal. Like this was on the heels of the volleyball team meeting with him. And they're like, oh, you know, he just bats a thousand. He doesn't mm-hmm. miss. He's always seizing the opportunity. And I said, typically, when you're other centered, like when you want the when you want the best for the greater good, those those things just typically seem to naturally happen, right? Could could you or would you try to explain it like that? Just because he's so other centered on the big picture, he doesn't get bogged down with the negative or the or the deta- or the nitty gritty details. Yeah, well, he said something in Indy, too, that he's kind of at the point in his career where, like, you just need to kind of trust yourself and go. And, like, you're, you're going to piss people off. 
Um, not everybody's going to be happy with the way you do things, but you just kind of need to be comfortable and confident in, in, in kind of how you do things. And I, I guess that's, that's maybe what I would go back to too. And, and mm. you know, we talked about, you know, wanting to, you know, be most comfortable around college kids and, um, you know, kind of the, the development, you know, on and off the field there. I think, I think you're right. I think that's part of it. Um, and, and I, I think he's just, uh, you know, just his personality. Um, you know, when you talk to him, he, he's so dialed in all the time. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there'll be missteps. I'm sure there'll be things that people right. kind of raise an eyebrow at, but, um, you know, he just seems like a guy that that's that's just comfortable with what he's doing. And I, I think when you're when you're that way, um, you know, you, you tend to kind of bat a higher average than you do normally. You know, Brunson, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking ahead now to to the season, and I'm skipping past Minnesota, and I'm thinking about these non-conference games. And mm. you know, the loss to Georgia Southern last year. Um, really dampened the attitude and the confidence of this team. Now, of course, you know, with Coach Frost getting getting fired around that same time, too, that, do, that doesn't help. But, you know, if the Huskers were to lose one of their non-con games this year, which do you hope the L comes against in terms of least damaging to the internal competitor or, like, easiest to recover from? Hmm. 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 I do think most yeah, people pick three and one, right, in the non-con. Yeah. And if you're super fair. cool, if you're super cool lady, you'd you'd maybe say four and zero, oh, mm-hmm. but three and one appears to be the. So what's that one though? What's the one you hope it is that's easiest to recover from? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, it, and sometimes in those games, those non-con games too, it almost kind of matters where they fall. I mean, I. You know, with, with with last year, like dropping that Georgia Southern game, kind of on the heels of the way things played out in, in Dublin and and the way that things were kind of trending. I mean, that that kind of felt like the death blow a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, some people say, yeah, Colorado, you could kind of come back easily from that one, but but I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I'd say it'd probably be one of the other ones before I say Colorado. What's Colorado's it's big just, fox? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's Colorado. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, the, the, the easy answer is none of them, but, I mean, I. <laughs> what, what if I, what, listen, how about this, Bruncey? Yeah. What What if I painted you a scenario? They get off to a, um, when is Northern Illinois? Is it the third game or the fourth? Fourth. The third. Okay, so I how about you. this, Bruncey? What if it what if it was this? They get off to a two and zero start. They're feeling really really good. First home game, new team, home jitters. They 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 lay an egg, but hey, Coach Rule spins it as we're learning to you know we're back in the friendly confines. I tell you these guys, you can't take things for granted. You know we gotta we gotta build on this and not let our guard down, or something like that, whatever he says, right? But I could hear him saying something like that. Could you take yeah, – no, could, could, could that, that – that may be okay. I think you could spin it. I just think that, you know, if, if let's say you start really well against Minnesota and Colorado, 
I mean, you guys know how that would be received if you come home and just absolutely lay it out. Oh, oh. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> and we would be so in love after a two and zero start. It would be no, ridiculous. If you, if you start, if you start two and zero, you're you're getting a little starting to get a couple of conversations about Indy and what that looks like. <laughs> Where you're going to propose? Like you're all the yeah. way in love, right? Yeah, some national. You're getting a little national run at that point with two Power Five wins right out of the gate. I mean, that's that's I'm what I mean. Like I don't. About that. I don't know that there's a good, good, a good answer there. I mean, maybe Louisiana Tech, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, my answer is none. Like I, I think that looks. You got to go. You, you got to get through those last two. Um, the, the, the at home, I think unscathed. That, that's my answer. Hmm. So, Bruncey, before I let you go, you're looking at where you thought Nebraska would be when Coach Rule had his staff completed versus where they are right now. Who's the first coach you're asking to pick his brain if you just get a 30, 40, 45-minute sit-down? Um, I would – I'd say Tony White. I mean, I I, I think – Wait, weird. Two smart guys. <laughs> <laughs> But but like the, you're like wrapping your you're trying to get your mind around the defense and I I don't know that we're gonna really get that until the opener I mean it, it's it's but I think he's you know he's been enough places he's pretty interesting um, like you guys were kind of saying earlier if you're trying to make a defensive depth chart um, it's hard to do and I think that kind of plays in a little bit too to the way that they want to run the three three five and the way they want to use guys so I. My answer is Tony White. I'm sitting down with Tony White. We're talking about what it was like growing up in El Paso and uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe some UCLA thoughts. Bruncey, quickly that here. A baller. Who's one player uh, that you notice really reshaped his body this summer and looks more ready than ever to take on whatever comes his way this season? Do, do you get into that, Brunce? Are you a body types guy? Uh, well, you notice things. I mean, Xavier Betts looks like he's grown up considerably. Oh, since, oh yeah. Uh, the last the last time we saw him. Yeah. Um, I was the, the defensive line. I mean, they ran those guys through on Tuesday, and those guys look noticeably different, and not like bigger. They just look leaner, and it, there, there's definitely been a different approach with those guys. So those those two kind of stood out immediately. Uh, and then I mean, Gabe Irvin looks like he's you know, ready to, ready to do some arm wrestling championships right now um, with, with the way he showed up at fall camp. So those, yeah, are, those are the guys that kind of stood out. He's a big, swollen, yoked dude. I I hope he can still move left to right because I watched him try to get his – his, um, you know, he's getting fitted for pads, and it's like, are those implants or, like, yeah. what, like what's going yeah. on? <laughs> Like, it he, made me uncomfortable. He looks, like, he looks like uh he looks like a typical like Big Ten back from like nineteen ninety one that would just have giant shoulder pads <laughs> and you gotta try to tackle that guy for four quarters. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, he's yeah. yoked. Bruncey, we appreciate your time this morning, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk again next week. Thanks guys, take care. Thanks, Mike. That is Michael Brunts at Michael Brunts on Twitter. He covers Nebraska football, baseball and recruiting for 24-7, and we appreciate his time. Uh, when we come back, 
Couple Certainly not which non-con could you explain away the easiest. That's tough. That is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. That, we may have to sit on that one for a little while. None. Um, there, there's something about the expansion that I want to get to, um, and then we'll do the sports six-pack to close out the show. All that and more next.